0: 90% of all cells in the human body live in our gut flora, 90%, so that means your body is only 10%, it's a shell, a habitat for these muscle microbes that live inside your digestive system, what microbes are pathogenic now in your digestive system, when we reduce their numbers or we start feeding them different foods, They mutate and evolve and suddenly become beneficial. And the more we're now researching the gut, the more the researchers, the physiologists now telling us that the gut actually is the first brain. And this one is the second brain. What's going on in the gut is far more important than what actually is going on um, up here.
1: Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind welcome to the body mind and Poem podcast i'm your host Seemland, and our guest today is dr natasha campbell mcbride she has a degree in both neurology and human nutrition and currently she specializes in nutrition for adults with digestive and immune system disorders and her clinic is in cambridge uk her book gut and psychology syndrome talks about the connection between the functions of the digestive system and the brain Dr. Campbell McRide, I'm glad that you could make it to the show and uh, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: And if I understand it correctly, then uh, you're born in Russia, uh, but you're living and working in the UK at the moment. So can you tell us like how did you end up building a medical clinic in Cambridge?
0: Yes, I live in Istanbul in the UK and uh, I'm a medical doctor and uh, I've, been a cre- I've created the concept of GAPS Gut and Psychology Syndrome and Gut and Physiology Syndrome Both abbreviate in the English language to the same GAPS GAPS has become a global phenomenon in the last years because the kind of illnesses that it covers have all become um, epidemic they, they all gained epidemic proportions around the world and uh, every year the situation is getting deeper unfortunately my first book called gut and psychology syndrome was published in 2004 so the concept has been around for a while around the world and what it basically means we have a person with abnormal gut flora majority of people today know that we have some microbes living inside our digestive system right recent research has discovered the fact that 90 percent of all cells in the human body live in our gut flora 90 mm, percent so that means your body is only 10 yeah. percent it's a shell a habitat for this muscle microbes that live inside your digestive system and we ignore them at our peril it is a highly organized and balanced community of creatures that live inside you and we have bacteria there and viruses and protozoa and um, Archaea and fungi and worms and flukes and all kinds of creatures. And they all plant each other and harvest each other and eat each other and control each other. So it's a balanced community. And this community has been balanced for all of our existence on this planet until the last uh, several decades when humanity has changed the environment on the planet. The first and most important influence on our gut flora are antibiotics. Since antibiotics were discovered, and we started using them as a regular part of our lifestyle, starting from the 50s and 60s, every time you take a course of antibiotic, it kills off beneficial bacteria in your gut. They die. Mm. These bacteria were controlling a whole host of other microbes, fungi and viruses and other things. They were controlling their proliferation. So suddenly all those other microbes get out of control. And of course antibiotics didn't touch them. The bacteria do recover to a degree, but different species take between two weeks to two months to recover. And that's a window of opportunity for all those fungi and viruses and protozoa and other creatures to get out of control and to grow large colonies and occupy new niches in your digestive system. Mm. So from a course of antibiotic to the next course of antibiotic and to the next course of antibiotic, there's less and less of good balance left in your digestive system and more and more of imbalance, more and more of uh, disorder. And all these other species of microbes that overgrow, they become pathogens. Maybe they used to be beneficial, or they used to be opportunistic, but when there's too many of them, they suddenly become a problem. They digest the food in their own way, converting it into a whole host of very toxic chemicals, very toxic substances, poisonous. At the same time, they damage the integrity of the gut wall, Making it porous and leaky. Mm. Holes develop
2: mm. in
0: your gut wall. So, all these toxins absorb into the bloodstream. And alive microbes absorb into your bloodstream and get distributed all over the body. And wherever they get to, they cause trouble, they cause disease. So, instead of being a source of nourishment, your body becomes a major source of toxicity. Mm. A river of toxins flows from your digestive system, your digestive system, and gets distributed around the body. Mm. My first book, and Psychology Syndrome, focuses on the function of the brain in a person. So what happens there? I started working with autism and hyperactivity and dyslexia and dyspraxia and other learning disabilities in children. And then slowly uh, my clinic transformed into um, treating other mental illnesses in adults such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and eating disorders and depression and epilepsy and physical disorders as well. What happens with the brain? This wave of toxicity gets into the brain and it clogs it up. Mm. Let's start with uh, a child with autism. vast majority, more than 95, maybe 99% of all autistic children in this world have been born with a perfectly normal brain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: These were perfectly normal babies. But what happened with these babies? They got abnormal gut flora from their mother and their father because the parents passed their gut flora to the child at the moment of birth they got abnormal gut flora they started their life with abnormal mixture of microbes in their gut and these microbes damage the integrity of the gut wall of the child making it porous and leaky and a river of toxins flows into the bloodstream when it comes to the brain it accumulates in the brain it clogs it up
2: Mm.
0: how do babies learn how do they become normal human beings in, in this world. They use their sensory organs to collect information from the environment. They listen to everything, they look at everybody, they touch everything, they take everything in their mouth. What are they doing? They're using their ears, their vision, their tactile sensitivity, their smell receptors in the nose, their taste buds in the mouth to collect information from the environment. And then this information is passed to the brain to be processed and from that information the brain learns that this is mommy and daddy, I can trust them. This is a toy, I play with it like this. These are the children, I copy them. This is food, I eat it in a certain way. But if the child's brain is clogged with toxins, poisoned, it can't process this information appropriately. All this information coming from sensory organs of the baby, from the ears, the eyes, and all other organs, turns into a noise, into a mush in the baby's brain. And from that noise, the baby can't decipher anything useful, can't learn anything useful. That is why autistic children are known to pick up a hand of any stranger on the street and try to walk away with that stranger, with mommy running behind and calling his name, because mommy doesn't mean any more than any human being around. Well. They don't know what to do with toys, they don't know what to do with other children, they don't know what to do with food. They do not acquire any of those normal human behaviors and habits Mm. that healthy babies acquire at the beginning of their lives. And they develop in an autistic way. If the mixture of toxicity coming from the gut of the baby is different, and if the constitution of the child is different, the child may not become autistic, but may become hyperactive or dyslexic. Or dyspraxic or oppositional defiant but majority of these children don't fit into any diagnostic box because our mainstream diagnostic boxes are purely descriptive uh, they do not include in themselves what causes the disorder and what do we do with it to actually get rid of it they've taken a bunch of symptoms put them into one box and called that box autism they took another bunch of symptoms put them into another box and called that attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or, mm. or something else mm. and majority of children because the real disorder mm. is gaps underneath they have abnormal gut flora, digestive right. disorder right. Yeah. and every human being every is unique and every human being would manifest that disorder in a unique group of symptoms and that group of symptoms may not fit into any diagnostic box for our mainstream medicine so with these children, pediatricians usually procrastinate and they don't give the diagnosis for six months and mm. then ask the parents to bring the child for observation for another six months and then another six months. And precious time is being wasted when the baby could have been helped. Because the younger the child is, when we start the GAPS nutritional protocol with these children, the quicker they recover and the more fully they recover. What the GAPS nutritional protocol will do it will change the gut floor of the child, it will normalize it and it will heal and seal the gut wall it will close up all those holes in the gut wall and as a result that river of toxins will stop and when it stops coming from the gut the body cleans up, the brain cleans up human body has a wonderful ability to clean itself we have a so-called detoxification system in our bodies with the headquarters in the liver and departments in every cell it's a cleaner in the body it works very hard all the time cleaning, 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 cleaning so when that river of toxicity stops the cells in the body clean themselves up, the brain cleans itself up and that's the moment when the baby wakes up it comes out of that toxic fog and from that moment on the child can start learning normally can start using its sensory organs, the hearing, the vision, the tactile sensitivity and all the other sensory organs appropriately and start learning. Mm. The problem is, children have to learn certain skills at a certain age, at a certain window of opportunity. We program that way. That's how human development is programmed, uh, by evolution. So, uh, we have to learn to walk when we about one, one year old, we have to learn to talk around the age of two. Then after that in the third year we develop syntaxes and uh, other complex parts of the language. So if those windows of opportunity were missed because the child was trapped in that toxic fog of autism or ADHD or something else, later on it's very difficult for a child to catch up.
2: Mm.
0: We actually have to teach those skills intensively to that child. So the younger the child is, the less learning they have missed out on. And it's much easier for them to catch up and to fill those gaps in and to learn. And also other three, four, five-year-olds are not standing still. So for our autistic three-year-old, for example, other typically developing healthy children, they're developing every day very fast. So for our little autistic one, to catch up with them, he has to develop at a double speed, Mm. very, very fast. And uh, the older the child is, the more they fall behind in their development, their peers. And it's more hard work for them to catch up. It's more and more difficult and it takes more and more intensive teaching. The most effective teaching method that I know is called ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis. I've got a chapter on it in my book, in my GAPS book. Um, And that has the most scientific research behind it and and, and the best uh, results that it produces in teaching so what I tell parents you know something's wrong with your baby you know something's wrong don't wait for the diagnostic label because the diagnosis is not going to do anything for your child it's not going to help your child in any possible way the diagnosis you know something's wrong start the GAPS nutritional protocol Hmm. the younger the child is and chances are in a few weeks time you will not need the diagnosis because the child will start developing Hmm. that toxic fog will lift off the brain and the baby will start developing normally and all you will have to do is just teach those bits that the child has missed out on hasn't developed and uh, that can be done very wow, yeah, quickly yeah.
2: with professionals
1: yeah you kind of kind of gave us a huge overview about how this how the gut flow influences our overall well-being and our uh, how we interact with the world so it's, it was quite amazing and like Hippocrates himself from ancient greece already said that uh, all disease begins in the gut so so what your work and uh, and science in general is also starting to find out that the gut gut microbiome is like one of the most influential aspects of our health even like i believe like most of the immune system is already located in the gut and uh, the microbiome is constantly affecting our moods and uh, these inflammation levels and it's, it's, yeah, it's hugely important. So, what are like the biggest uh, things in our modern diet or, or our modern lifestyle that are jeopardizing or damaging the, the intestinal lining of the gut?
0: Well, the list is very long and it's getting longer. Antibiotics number one. Uh, what I see in my clinic is that if uh, antibiotics came onto the market, they were discovered during the Second World War. But then they really came onto the market in the 60s, end of the 50s and 60s. So if a grandmother in the family had a couple of courses of antibiotics before she had her daughter, they damaged her gut flora slightly. So she has passed, at the moment of birth, she has passed her slightly damaged gut flora to her daughter. Then the daughter spends uh, her childhood in the modern world, growing up in the modern world where antibiotics were given to her for every cough and sneeze, mm. very, very regularly. For every little infection, we were given antibiotics.
2: Wow.
0: So, and then at the age of 15, 14, she was put on a contraceptive pill. Contraceptive pill has a devastating effect on the gut flora mm. and our modern women take them for quite a long time before they're ready to start their family. And uh, after that, the junk food that came onto the market at the same time, And the fact that uh, baby formulas came came onto the market and replaced breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is essential to establish normal gut flora and normal immune system in a baby. Absolutely essential. No formula in the world can ever replace breast milk. Mm. So that generation of young ladies, by the time they're ready to have their first child, their gut flora is seriously damaged. Far more damaged than it was in the generation of their mothers. Mm. and that's what they're passing to their babies and it is this epidemic of the gut flora abnormalities that are at the bottom, at the base, the root cause of all other epidemics of degenerative disease in our world whether it's mental or physical. Right. I started working with autism in my clinic and then I noticed that the siblings of autistic children in every family, the brothers and sisters, are not well either. Mm. They have digestive disorders. They have fussy eating. They're clingy. Many are hyperactive. Many dyslexic. Uh, many have allergies and asthma, asthma and eczema and other problems. So I've realized that these children got the same gut flora from the same parents. They just have a different pregnancy and different constitution. So right. they did not develop something severe as autism, but they're not well. Mm. They still have gaps. They are gaps children just as much as their autistic sibling. Mm. And then looking at their parents, um, I've discovered that the parents are diagnosed too. They have irritable bowel syndrome. They have other digestive disorders. Mm-hmm. Chronic fatigue, multiple sclerosis, fibromyalgia, chronic cystitis, psoriasis, alopecia, autoimmune illnesses are, are pre- prevalent in these families amongst uh, the mothers and the fathers of these children because they don't have healthy gut for themselves.
2: Right.
0: That's what they pass to their children at the moment of birth, and uh, that's what's caused there uh respect to physical conditions. Mm-hmm. I'm writing another book called Gut and Physiology Syndrome where I will cover all the physical uh, illnesses where we will talk about the autoimmune disease and uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and ME and neurological illnesses and multiple sclerosis and, ch- and then chronic cystitis and, and uh, all these other illnesses all of them are gaps, conditions all of them stem from the abnormal gut flora, from what's going on in the digestive system of the person.
2: Yeah, and when
0: it comes to the brain, for a long time, physiologists call the digestive system the second brain, mm. because the nervous system in the, in the digestive in the gut is very rich. And the more we researching the chemicals that our nervous system uses, such as serotonin and dopamine and endorphins and norepinephrine and GABA and many, many other, they're called neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. These are the messengers, the chemical messengers that the uh, nervous uh, cells use to communicate with each other. The more we're researching these chemicals, the more we're realizing that actually they're manufactured in the gut.
2: Mm.
0: Majority of them, and and, uh, they're manufactured in the gut, and then they are sent to the brain to be used by the brain, and not only the brain, the rest of the nervous system, all over your body. Mm-hmm. And the more we are now researching the gut, the more the researchers, the physiologists, now is telling us that the gut actually is the first brain, that mm. this one is the second yeah. brain. Because what's going on in the gut is far more important than what actually is going on um, up here in the brain. Wow. Coming to the immune system, we knew uh, from basic physiology from 1930s and 40s that about 85% of our immune system is located in the gut wall. So your digestive system is the biggest and the most important immune organ in your body. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Immune system has been likened to an army. Well in that army all the generals and admirals and officers and the commanding echelons are all in the gut, in the gut wall. Why? Because your gut flora, 90% of you, is sitting in the gut. Mm. And there is only gut wall between them. And there is a very tight communication going on between the gut flora and all the commanding echelons of your immune system. Your gut flora is the major source of data for them to act upon. At the same time, it is your digestive system that feeds the immune system. Immune system is a very hungry organ. It requires high quality nutrition every second of your existence. Mm. And for that, we have to be able to digest the food properly and to absorb it properly. And a gaps person can't do that Mm. because our gut flora is a major element of the digestion of the food an absorption of the food. When gut flora is abnormal, we can't digest our food properly. We can't absorb it properly. A lot of food gets um, doesn't get a chance to be digested properly before it absorbs. It absorbs in an undigested state because the gut wall is like a sieve. It's damaged, porous, leaky. So all these large particles of food and molecules get through, finish up in your bloodstream, and of course the immune system immediately finds them there, looks at them, and says, "You're not food." Mm -hmm. i don't recognize you as food and attacks them Mm. it would attach immune complexes it will launch inflammation. it will all kinds of reactions that the immune system has uh, will be launched and these reactions manifest themselves as food allergy or intolerance more than 60 percent of people in the western world have some kind of food allergy or intolerance today unfortunately Mm -hmm. that's the statistic if you ask any person on the street, you know, majority of people will tell you that they react to something.
2: Mm.
0: What's happening? There's nothing wrong with the food. What's wrong is your gut lining. Mm. Your gut lining is damaged and porous. It's like a sieve. Mm. So what we do in the GAPS nutritional protocol, we focus on healing and healing the gut lining.
2: Mm.
0: Once it closed up all those holes in the gut lining, food starts digesting properly before it absorbs. Hmm. And all your your food allergies and intolerances disappear.
2: Hmm. So the
0: things that they would launch is inflammation and autoimmunity. All autoimmunity is born in the gut. Every autoimmune condition is a gut condition, is a digestive disorder. Whether it's rheumatoid arthritis, whether it's lupus, whether it's multiple sclerosis, or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or nephropathy, or alopecia, or psoriasis, or anything else. No matter how far away from the gut your condition develops, it was born in the gut, that's where it's coming from. So with every allergy, with every autoimmune condition, with every inflammatory disorder, the first place you need to look at is the gut. Mm. What's going on in there? What's your gut floor is like? What's your gut lining is like? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: implementing the nutritional protocol um, is the best way to go about fixing
1: these problems so there are like also like a lot of information and uh, people saying that things like gluten and dairy and legumes those things are you know they're going to cause an autoimmune response and that that those are the causes main causes of leaky guts and um, Hashimoto's and things like that so do do you agree with that uh, things like grains and gluten are bad for the gut intestinal lining or or what do you have to say about that
0: Exactly. People have been eating these things for thousands of years without any reactions mm. because for thousands of years people had normal gut flora.
1: Right, right. There was so, nothing
0: so to the, damage it.
1: Yeah. So yeah. the problem is now that... we've
0: damaged our gut flora and, and we've damaged the integrity of the gut wall. Mm-hmm. So these things can't digest properly. They absorb undigested. Mm. That is why we react to them.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the, so, the problem isn't the food. The problem is the environment in which the food is placed. In a sense, exactly. <laughs> the gut. right.
0: Problem is in your gut. All diseases begin in the gut.
1: <laughs> right. I will rule the world. So, what nutrients and uh, vitamins could uh, heal heal the gut? And you know, what does the gut need then?
0: Well, the GAPS nutritional protocol. The major part of it is the diet, the GAPS diet. There are more than a million of people uh, around the world now following the GAPS nutritional protocol. Uh, my first book has been uh, translated into 18 languages uh, so people all over the world now are familiar with this concept and it is growing, it is a movement,
2: it's mm-hmm.
0: a noble phenomenon uh, because these problems are all gained epidemic proportions. People need this information around the world. That's why this is happening. So GAPS diet focuses on healing and sealing the gut wall. In order to heal and feel it, we have to understand a very important process in the human body called cell regeneration.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What it means that all cells in the human body only live a short life, including uh, nerve cells. Nerve cells
2: mm-hmm. they,
0: they they get old, worn out. They work very hard and they die. They die. They get shed off, removed, and the body gives birth to new baby cells to replace them. Mm-hmm. This is called cell regeneration process or cell turnover. So that's how the human body renews itself all the time, rejuvenates and heals any damage. In order to give birth to trillions of baby cells every day, building materials are required because these cells need to be made from something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: right? Quality protein, quality fats. Because when you remove water out of the human body, about 70% of the human body is water. When you remove that water, it's 50-50 protein and fat quality protein and fat so we focus in the GAPS nutritional protocol on the very foods that provide that quality protein and that quality fat in order for the body to be able to give birth to trillions of cells Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so GAPS diet is structured in uh, three parts we have the GAPS introduction diet the full GAPS diet and the happy stage of coming off the GAPS diet many people don't have to be on this diet forever as long as your gut healed, you, you can you can then reintroduce various foods and you'll find that you can digest them now. Mm. But what you used to react to, you don't react anymore because you've healed your gut wall. So mm. that, that's a, a good news for many people. The GAPS Introduction Diet is a diet that is structured in six stages and it achieves the deepest and quickest healing in the gut wall. We start with the foods which are the easiest to digest and the most nutrient dense foods, which provide the most building materials for your gut lining to shed off all those sick cells, remove them,
2: mm. and
0: give birth to trillions of healthy new baby cells to replace them. So, you basically, what you're doing in these uh, stages, you are rebuilding your gut wall and you. You're creating a new gut wall for yourself from newly born healthy baby cells. So, you're mm. providing you all the building materials and also on the first stage we only focus on foods which are the easiest to digest which are very soothing, healing for the gut and do not irritate it at all then we move to the second stage where we introduce a little bit of foods which are a little bit more difficult to digest a little bit more irritating for the gut so you have to be ready for that stage on the first stage quite often uh, in people their major symptoms disappear particularly digestive symptoms Diarrhea disappears, pain in the digestive system, bloating, gas, blood in the stool, belching and and other symptoms. In autistic children, the eye contact starts improving, the tantrums disappear, the behaviors start reducing, the the, uh, abnormal behaviors, the sleep starts getting better. So many, many things happen on that first stage because the gut starts healing in in the person and that toxicity coming into the body starts dropping dramatically. Mm -hmm. If you then move into the second stage and you find that some of the symptoms that disappeared on the first stage come back, it means not enough healing happened in your gut wall in order to be able to introduce those more difficult to digest foods. Mm
2: -hmm. You
0: have to step back into the first stage, spend another few days on there and then try again. So moving through six stages in the GAPS introduction diet is like a dance: It's a step forward, a step back, a step forward, a step back and hopefully at the next step you move into the next stage and nothing happens. Your old symptoms don't come back, you continue improving. That's a happy day because Mm -hmm. you realize that enough healing happened in your gut wall. You are ready for this stage, you can now stay on this stage. Mm -hmm. So the introduction diet takes a lot of patience, a lot of perseverance. And it takes a well-organized kitchen and a well-organized cook. Somebody who can cook and somebody who found all the right foods to implement the the protocol. And uh, many people are not ready for that. So I tell people that if you are not ready to do that, then start from the full GAPS diet. Don't start from the introduction. Not everybody has to start from the introduction. You can start from the full GAPS diet, which is easier to implement and you can eat out if you have to travel, if you're working very hard and your job has to take you uh, all over the place, you can eat out, you can eat in other places, it's not ideal. But then later on, a lot of healing will happen on the full GAPS diet too. But then later on, when you're at home and you can organize your life a bit better, organize your kitchen, organize your food supplies and learn to cook maybe, if you didn't cook before, then you can implement the introduction diet later on Mm, in your healing journey. But people uh, achieve a deeper... Eating.
1: Yeah, like uh, you, you mentioned that you start off by healing the gut lining, but uh, what about first, you know, eliminating some of the food groups that may potentially uh, increase the negative side effects of a leaky gut or exacerbate the symptoms? W- would you recommend people to eliminate maybe some potential allergens and certain food groups initially?
0: Absolutely, Caps yes, caps yes, That. Yes, Yak's diet is very strict.
1: Mm.
0: We have no grains of any description. All grain is out. Mm-hmm. Whether it's gluten-free or not gluten-free, doesn't matter. <laughs> we remove all grain. We remove all starch from the diet. That means no potatoes. Any kind of potatoes. Sweet potato, yam, jerusalem, artichoke, uh, taro, uh, or any exotic potatoes. Um, all of those starchy vegetables are out.
2: Mm-hmm. Most
0: beans and lentils are out because mm-hmm. they're starchy. Mm -hmm. again they've got starch in them so all of these staple foods and substances uh, that they use for producing all the processed foods in the world are out all commercially produced foods, all processed foods all commercial sweeteners including sugar are Mm -hmm. out so what we focus on, we focus on homemade, well-prepared soups and stews meats, fish, eggs and well fermented dairy Mm -hmm. we ferment, we eat a lot of fermented foods Because fermented foods teeming with beneficial bacteria and and beneficial yeasts, beneficial fungi and viruses, and all kinds of beneficial good microbes. Mm -hmm. So, every time you eat sauerkraut or kefir or or homemade cheese um, or any other fermented foods, you are taking probiotics. Mm. In large amounts, you're taking probiotic beneficial microbes to boost the good uh, community of microbes in your digestive system to kill the pathogens, to drive them out, and to re-establish normal gut flora. Mm. So, fermented foods are a very important part.
1: But uh, but is, part. Is, is it is very, it true, like, important. is it true, like, that, uh, for instance, if you have um, imbalance in your microflora and you have this bad bacteria in your gut, then uh, would feeding them with probiotics and, you know, things like fermented foods, would that have, like, a negative side effect of, you know, you're feeding the wrong type of bacteria? So, maybe, like... Um, would it be better to first get rid of the bad bacteria before you start feeding the good ones, or or is or, or do the pro, or do the probiotics and fermented foods will they automatically begin to feed just the good bacteria, or how does that work?
0: Gut flora is immensely complex, and our science is in its infancy in understanding it. We will never ever catch up with nature. <laughs> so, uh, trying to be very scientific is. Uh, a ab- a good way to get lost entirely
2: right, right. <laughs> do
0: not rely on science I, I will warn you do not rely on science it is okay. not a good idea what okay. microbes are pathogenic now in your digestive system when we reduce their numbers or we start feeding them different food they mut- mutate and evolve and suddenly become beneficial mm. that has been shown this, this this ability of microbes to adapt and change has been shown in, in basic microbiology for the last few decades you start feeding them different food and the microbe that used to cause disease suddenly becomes beneficial
2: mm.
0: or neutral. And suddenly when you start providing a different food, you start filling your digestive system with very different substrate. Other microbes start growing out of nowhere mm. and the, the, the microbes that were there proliferating suddenly disappear or start diminishing. We still don't understand that process. Mm. So trying to be scientific is, is not a good good way. Rely on nature. Just provide good food, provide all the building materials, and provide fermented foods. Because fermented foods, eating fermented foods, is not optional for human beings. That's what Mm. many people don't realize. Mm. Because for most of our existence, for thousands of years, possibly for millions of years, on our planet, we didn't have refrigeration and supermarkets, (laughs) where you could buy anything at any time of year. Exactly. people ate what they could find in their immediate environment and what they could grow in their garden and what they hunt in their uh, garden, in their farm, what animals they have. So when your cabbage is ripened in September, if you don't do something with them, for the rest of the year you'll be left without cabbage. Hmm. Because you can't plant it in January, can you? And you can't plant it too early or at the wrong time. You have to plant it at a certain time and then it takes a few months to grow.
2: Right.
0: So And when you kill an animal and you can't eat the whole animal In a few days the meat will rot away and uh, you'll be left without meat for god knows how long until you catch another animal or or another animal grows up or or, or whatever so people learned to preserve foods through fermentation Hmm. you can ferment anything and indeed various cultures around the world have fermented all kinds of foods for thousands of years you can ferment vegetables fruit milk meat fish beans lentils grains everything can be fermented. Mm. Uh, once you've cemented the food it will keep for years good well-made sauerkraut keeps for five six years wow. and just gets better every year <laughs> easier and easier to digest and not only the uh, every mouthful of those microbes that you eat are teeming with beneficial bacteria beneficial microbes mm-hmm. also these microbes are in the process of fermentation pre digested the food Mm. They've broken down all the hard-to-digest bits in the food, all the hard-to-digest molecules in there. So when you eat that food, your body finds it much easier to break down and to benefit from it.
2: Mm.
0: A good example is sauerkraut cabbage. A helping of sauerkraut will provide 20 times more vitamin C for your body than the same helping of fresh cabbage. (laughs) Because in the fresh cabbage, vitamin C is locked in its cellular structure and your digestive system can't extract it. It goes right through you. It doesn't do you any good. Where in a sauerkraut, the bacteria during fermentation released all that vitamin C from the cellular structure into the whole mixture. So when you eat sauerkraut, you supplement it with vitamin C. You're getting Mm -hmm. large amounts of vitamin C. And because human beings uh, for thousands of years fermented most of their food, every day of the whole year they ate some fermented food for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. Maybe it was a piece of fermented meat, maybe it was fermented vegetables, maybe it was fermented fruit, maybe it was fermented grains or something.
2: Hmm. We
0: ate that for breakfast, lunch and dinner all of our lives, all of our existence on the planet. And that got built into our human physiology. Uh, we can't live without it.
2: Well, it is yeah.
0: essential for us. Hmm. And only in the last hundred years, food industry appeared on the planet, which changed all our recipes and uh, to suit their commercial agenda. Because food industry is not thinking about your health, mm. it's thinking about profit. Mm-hmm. That's the only consideration right, that right. they have. And they chased women out of kitchens, they've pronounced cooking as something dirty and unworthy for women to do. So women through generations in the Western world lost all the skill and all the recipes of how to make these foods, how to ferment, mm. how to cook, all together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they got replaced with commercial uh, recipes. That's why everybody's ill. Yeah. Fermented yeah. foods are not optional for human beings. We have to eat them on a daily basis. Right, yeah. And, and that's what we bring back into our kitchens.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah. like uh, I, I definitely try to aim for some fermented foods every day, like sauerkraut, these different kombuchas and uh, fish and meat as well. Chum is metabolic fuel. But uh, like uh, you mentioned that the digestive process of 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 comparing let's say regular raw cabbage and sauerkraut is uh, quite distinctive and it's different because of the nutritional uh, composition and so on but uh, what, uh, what how is the human digestive tract designed to digest different kinds of foods or what does it best suited to design or to best suited to digest
0: well this is a very good question and i'm glad that you brought it up because the way human digestive system is designed It may sound paradoxical to many people. The easiest foods for us to digest are animal foods. Mm. Meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. Mm. And I'll explain why. All energy on our beautiful planet is recycled. New energy comes from the sun. Mm -hmm. In order to capture the sunlight and turn it into a solid matter, Mother Nature created plants. Plants have photosynthesis, they capture the light of the sun and through uh, chlorophyll through photosynthesis they create green matter that we can touch and we can eat in order then for something else to eat the sunlight in the form of the plants mother nature created herbivorous animals cows and goats and sheep and camels and deer and in order for them to be able to digest the plant matter properly mother nature equipped them with a very special digestive system called rumen Mm. a cow has a huge stomach with four different in fact four stomachs she's
2: got
0: and these four stomachs are full of microbes because really the only things on our planet that can truly digest plants are microbes Mm. bacteria viruses fungi protozoa a mixture of microbes they are the only creatures on our planet can they can break down fiber break down starch release Protein from the plants and and turn it all into something that other creatures can benefit from. And this fact Mother Nature used in creating rumen
2: Mm. in
0: herbivorous animals. In order then for something else, to digest the sunlight, to, to benefit from the sunlight in the form of the herbivorous animals, Mother Nature then created another group of creatures on the planet, predators and omnivores. And we human beings belong in that group. We don't have a rumen. Mm. We have a very small stomach. And if that stomach is healthy, it has very few bacteria in it. It's it's virtually sterile. Mm -hmm. Because it produces hydrochloric acid. And acidity in the stomach goes below two, below one, pH one sometimes, when we really get hungry, when we're ready to eat. Mm -hmm. And that's a very hostile environment for any kind of microbe uh, to live in. So the hydrochloric acid and the pepsin, Another things that the human stomach manufactures are only capable of breaking down properly and digesting properly meat, fish, eggs and dairy. Plants, when we chew them and swallow them, they sit in the stomach, they don't digest to any degree. Mm -hmm. They just wait for their turn. Then the whole mass is being passed into the intestines and that's several meters of uh, intestines where the absorption of the food happens. Mm-hmm. and the only things that can really be absorbed in the intestines are foods which were properly digested, and these are meat fish, eggs and dairy mm. plants contribute a few vitamins a few minerals, cleansing substances juices, but the bulk of them again is indigestible for mm. the human digestive system wow. so the plants go through that long 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 intestine where the absorption happens and then they land in the bowel at the end of our digestive system. And that's the equivalent of the marines, where the plants can be digested to some degree because that's where the majority of our gut flora is sitting. Majority Mm -hmm. of all the microbes sitting. And that's where they break down the plants to a degree, they release some vitamins and they um, manufacture uh, short-chain fatty acids out of carbohydrates, out Mm -hmm. of starch. This is very saturated fat, highly saturated fat which absorbs and maintains our blood sugar levels and other parameters in the body between meals. The problem is that in the cow gaining digestion. So there, the food out of the rumen then moves into intestine and it absorbs. Where in us human beings, our rumen is at the end of the digestive system. When the majority of absorption already is finished, is done. So plants really are not feeding foods for human beings, Mm. the feeding foods build your heavy bones, your heavy muscles, your big heart, your big lungs, your big brain and to feed the cell regeneration processes in the human body. Remember that process where all the cells die and new baby cells are born? These processes have to be fed with quality protein and quality fat. So the feeding foods, the building foods for human body to build our physical structure and to maintain your physical body only come from meat, fish, eggs and dairy. Hmm. Also when we analyze the protein in the human body, the protein that your body is made from, when we analyze its biochemical structure in a laboratory, we realize that it's very similar in its structure to the structure of protein in meat, fish, eggs and dairy. So when we digest those animal foods, we provide the right kind of protein for your body to build your own proteins. To build your muscle, your bones, your brain, your heart, all your organs and all your systems. Mm -hmm. The same with the fat, when we analyze the fat in the human body. And fat in the human body is a a structural element. Your heart is sitting in a thick chamber of fat. That is its energy store because your heart muscle uh, uh, derives its energy almost entirely from fat. Not from carbohydrates your liver is sitting in the fat your, your intestines are sitting in fat your kidneys are sitting in fat mm-hmm. so fat is a structural element of the human body and when we analyze the structure of that fat in the laboratory again we find that its biochemical composition is very similar to animal fats lamb fat beef fat pork okay. fat chicken mm-hmm. fat cream butter when we analyze the uh, proteins in the plant matter we find that their structure is inappropriate for the human physiology many amino acids are missing, other amino acids are in excess so the amino acid composition of plant proteins is inappropriate for building your own physical structure of your Mm. body and also these proteins are very hard to digest they're Mm. indigestible think about gluten the more we research Mm. gluten, the more we realize nobody can digest it Mm. it's just some people have a better constitution They can survive it better, but they still can't digest it properly. The same with plant uh, fats, oils in the plants. Their biochemical structure is inappropriate for human physiology. We need a little bit of those plant fats, plant oils. And just eating enough fruits and vegetables and maybe a handful of nuts a day will provide enough for your human body to thrive on. The bulk of fat consumption that we have has to come from animals, Hmm. from meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. So that's very, very important to understand. and it is this animal fat that the human that the, the gaps diet is based on. Hmm. We cook them properly, we prepare them properly to make them even more digestible, and then uh, they will rebuild your physical structure. They will replace all the dead cells, all the sick cells because your body doesn't waste energy on healing sick cells. It doesn't it just kills them and removes them. okay. And gives birth to a baby cell, a new healthy baby cell. Mm. And uh, the materials are required. And these building materials only come from animal foods.
2: Mm. Yeah. So
0: what are the plants for them? Why did Mother Nature give us plants and why do we eat plants? Plants have a wonderful ability to cleanse your body, to keep it clean on the inside. Because plants give us antioxidants, phenols, salicylates, and other cleansing, powerful cleansing substances, phytonutrients and they absorb very easily and they keep your body clean on the inside mm-hmm. free of cancer and free of other toxic conditions
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's what plants mm-hmm. are
2: for
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's a good point yeah like that mm-hmm. like i mentioned that uh
0: one person and plants we make them more digestible they become yeah. a makes it a little bit more digestible yeah. a bit easier for the human body to absorb and
2: would, benefit from it. would you would you say, they're
1: say that, that? Yeah, uh, would you say like that? Like you mentioned that uh, animal products are the building blocks of your human tissue, but the, the the role of plants is also to you know feed the microbiome because, like you mentioned earlier as well, that the only species capable of digesting plants are are the microbiome, and um, and then if we if you feed the microbiome with those fermented foods and vegetables then you're also able to you know facilitate the benefits of these um, of the healthy microbiome as well and I believe like even even ruminants yeah. even even ruminants they also they're yeah, not right, yeah. yeah like the, the ruminants that's as what well
2: that,
0: that's what, that's what, yes that's what our what um, um, science is telling us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but that those... plants
0: are necessary to feed the, the gut flora yeah, that, that plants are necessary to feed the gut flora however, I have a group of patients who had a very severe digestive disorders and other severe mental illnesses and severe autoimmune illnesses um, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease where a child has blood in the stool every day and can't put weight on and autism and another severe, severe situations what I found with these patients that they do best on a no plant gaps diet
2: Mm.
0: that's a new extreme end of the gaps diet where we we found that even a tiny amount of any of plant matter because plants are eating it's a hard work for the digestive system. Mm. So with these patients, we had to remove and remove and remove until they were left no plants at all in the diet. And only on the no plant diet, ulcerative colitis disappears and Crohn's disease mm-hmm. disappears and epilepsy disappears and schizophrenia disappears and yeah. all these other serious chronic conditions disappear. And I have many patients in my clinic now who have been on this diet for years, four, five, six years and longer.
1: So they they find that
0: when they try any kind of little bit of plant, they get ill again Hmm. and they thrive, they recover, they heal, they function to the full capacity, they're healthy and low, these people. And many of these people were asking me, where is the vitamin C coming from in my diet? Because they're eating no plants at all. Clearly, we don't know everything about vitamin C. Mm. Uh, Recent research has shown that liver, which is an important part of the GAPS diet, we eat liver on a regular basis, that liver is one of the richest sources of vitamin C. Mm. And kidneys and pancreas and other organs of the animal, which we eat a lot in the GAPS diet, they provide a lot of nutrients that um, are not found in the muscle of Mm. the animal. So they're very important to eat. So these people show no nutritional deficiencies of any description. So that was a learning curve for me and a uh, learning curve for many other people. And so, so that is a fact that we have to take into consideration. Human beings can live without plants perfectly well.
2: Hmm. That's yeah. what
0: I've discovered from my <laughs> clinical experience. But human beings cannot live without animal foods. And that's where we come to our new, uh, new fashion for vegetarianism. Mm. Vegetarianism is spreading around the world and veganism and it's becoming more and more popular. And most of it is caused on emotions and on ignorance. Mm. When I looked, I had many, um, in my clinic, I had many anorexic girls coming to me uh, with eating disorders. There were a few boys with anorexia, but majority of them are young ladies. And what I discovered that majority of these young ladies became anorexic because of misguided vegetarianism. Mm. They went through a stage of vegetarianism and veganism. And that's what got them into that uh, predicament, into that terrible situation. And that spurred a very intense study into this um, area, into vegetarianism and veganism. And what I've discovered fairly quickly, that there is no science. There's virtually no science available in this uh, department. The only studies that have been published were funded by vegetarians and they are skewed. They are incorrectly conducted, incorrectly analyzed, and they cannot be trusted. Mm. these studies because they were funded by people who were interested in a certain outcome. Mm. So I looked at clinical experience of many other doctors and at my own clinical experience and whatever little scientific and and basic physiology and whatever uh, scientific studies I could find. The result of that was my new book called Vegetarianism Explained, Making an Informed Decision. This book came out last year. If you know anyone who wants to become a vegetarian, uh, or who is already following a plant-based lifestyle, please give them that book. You might save a life. You might help somebody. It is important. It is possible to be a healthy vegetarian, but you have to know what you're doing in order to provide your body with the right nutrition. The only vegetarians who do well and who uh, do okay and can survive in this world are the ones who keep some animal foods in their diet. Eggs and dairy, for example high-fat dairy. So these are the foods that become their building and feeding foods. eggs right. yes and the dairy that sustain the physical structure of their bodies, while plants are providing a lot of cleansing for these people. Veganism is not a diet, it is a fasting, it is a form of fasting. These people are cleansing and cleansing and cleansing until they get washed out, literally. It is a good idea to cleanse for many people because many of us have very toxic bodies. We accumulate toxins in our bodies. So, um, going on a vegan fast for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months maximum, is a good idea for some people. But then at a certain point, your body will give you a signal I finished cleansing now, I'm hungry. Feed hmm. me. you get a desire for a piece of meat, or for a roast chicken, or for a piece of cheese or cream or butter or something like that it's important to listen to that signal Mm. but unfortunately many vegans in our world are doing it for emotional reasons for religious reasons for political reasons they dictate to their body that it will continue cleansing when it wants to eat really when it needs to be fed and that's when the body starts cannibalizing itself and people start falling into illness they hmm. start getting into trouble wow. so it is important to understand all of those facts because this is based on solid science and on solid clinical observation so vegetarians out there please read that book you need to have all the facts hmm. before following um, in that path
1: yeah like uh, there's definitely a lot of um, issues in regards to in- like conflict between veganism and uh, Consuming these animal products, but uh, like what? are Like so, there are a lot of ideas about how meat can start to rot in your colon and uh, that it's indigestible. Like, uh, is the is it is it true or is it some sort of a misconception?
0: It's a misconception. When we remove uh, grains, when we do the GAPS nutritional protocol, when we remove grains and processed foods and sugar, the whole Digestive process changes and you would digest beautifully in your body. Mm. But when you combine meat with pastry, bread, meat and bread together, that's a very bad combination, extremely difficult to digest combination. Right. Uh, it gives a very different signal to your digestive system. And also gluten in the bread, in the pastry, it has an ability to open up gut wall to invasion. It's known for that.
2: Mm. It
0: causes those holes in the gut lining. Mm. It opens it up to invasion, so that means that whatever protein you've consumed may not have the chance to be digested properly, it absorbs undigested, Mm. creating all sorts of problems in the body. So you have to know what you're doing, there's a lot of education you have to go through before following any kind of dietary path. Uh, Food is a huge science, it isn't so simple. Majority of people think that they know food, but I've been eating all my years, so I know food, (laughs) I understand food. Not so.
1: True, that is, that is true. Yeah, the microbiome is a fascinating subject. But uh, let's say, like, um, what do you think about fasting in general? Like strict water fasting with no food. How, how can that affect the gut, gut microbiome?
0: In this new book, Vegetarianism Explained, I have a whole chapter on fasting.
1: Mm.
0: On various forms of fasting, and correct way of fasting, and correct way of coming out of a fast. Hmm. Uh, it is, uh, fasting has been used, it's, it's, in, it's in the Bible, it's as it's, it's, uh, it's old as the hills, fasting. And it is a good idea for many people to fast on a regular basis. But again, it has to be done correctly and you have to choose what kind of fast is right for you. There are many different forms of fasting. And veganism is one of the forms of fasting. Right. So if you really want to cleanse, uh, following a vegan fast for a few days maybe, or for as long as your body tells you. Mm. As long as you feel happy on it and everything is going well, your body is happy with it, listen to your body. Because it is your body. Human body is a miraculous creation. It has every mechanism of healing, rebuilding itself, repairing itself, programmed into it. Your body knows what it's doing at every moment of your existence. It is your body that heals itself from any illness. Not the doctor, not the pill, not the diet. Your own body is doing the work but your body will keep sending you signals and you have to listen to those signals you have to be working with the body not against it and not throwing things at it and forcing it to go this way or that way Right. because it's the monkey telling the, the God <laughs> to go somewhere
1: right.
0: you, know, you have to listen to the body, the body is the God the body knows what it's doing but uh, would, it be would,
1: it, would it be when possible? It, when
0: you follow the veganism you have to listen to the signals from your body when you get a taste for something that is from animal kingdom you have to listen to that i'll give you a very f- funny example i've spoken to a, 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 a one young man uh, in my clinic who followed veganism for four months he just read some book got very enthusiastic about thought it was a good idea and became a vegan for four months mm-hmm. and then uh, one day he was uh, distributing some leaflets or something on the street and he was walking past the shop And the smell of roasting chicken wafted out of that shop. (laughs) And this boy said to me that before I knew it, I walked in. It was like in a trance. He said, I didn't realize what I was doing. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't conscious of what I was doing. I walked into the shop. I bought the roasted chicken. I went outside. I sat down on the pavement and I ate the whole chicken. (laughs) And then he said, I woke up. And realized what I've done, and I was so ashamed of myself," he said, <laughs> because he was following veganism for emotional reasons. You see, the body can override even your conscience hmm. sometimes. It can, it can override your conscious uh, mind and conscious ability to realize what you're doing if it's really hungry, if it really wow. needs something.
1: Yeah. So, and even like it's not even your body; it's 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 like the microbiome as well. They're gonna they can mind control you in a sense they can cause different cravings and they can change your psychological state of mind so it's crazy All hail All hail i've also heard like people getting these kinds of detox symptoms whenever they go on these cleanses or when they do fasting and uh, they they get sick or some sort of toxicity why does that happen and uh, how can they you know prevent that from happening
0: well on the GAPS nutritional protocol what we warn people about is a die-off reaction when you start taking fermented foods for example or commercial probiotics or just changing the diet pathogenic microbes will start dying in your digestive system because they're not getting their food and they're being attacked when they die they release toxins and these are the toxins that make you depressed obsessed autistic or give you migraines, or give you chronic cystitis, or give you rheumatoid arthritis, or whatever your individual group of symptoms are. If you have sauerkraut and you suddenly went and had a, a big helping of sauerkraut, that reaction can be quite severe. Have a little bit, then wait for a couple of days, see how your body reacts, see what happens. Hmm. Then have a bit more, and gradually increase it gradually control that reaction right. some amount of die off you have to tolerate you just have to go through it but it needs to be manageable you need to be able to live with it
2: mm-hmm.
0: and manage it and when you're going through die off like that you have to be kind to your body your body is doing a huge amount of work huge it's, it is facing poisoning it's basically being poisoned huge amount of toxicity right. is being produced. so you right. need to sleep a lot and you need to rest a lot It's not a good time to have stressful jobs or stressful exams or any other challenges that you have to overcome at the same time in your life. You need to be able to rest. You need to be able to have time to yourself. Right, right. To read, to cook, to sleep, to allow your body to heal. Mm. Another thing that's happening is a detox. We all have a so-called detoxification system in our bodies with the headquarters in the liver and departments in every cell of the body it's the cleaner in your body in a gaps person there's a river of toxicity flowing from your gut and it hits your liver first because all the blood collected from the gut first comes into your liver
1: Mm. through
0: the portal system of veins and in majority of gaps patients that detox system in the liver gets broken down simply because of the sheer amount of work it has to do
2: Mm.
0: it's just like a worker who has been buried Mm. Mm-hmm. And, the work. and as a result, all that toxicity coming into your body is not being dealt with. It's not being neutralized. It's being stored.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It is stored in the tissues. Many of these toxins are far- soluble. When you start a cleansing protocol, such as a vegan protocol, or juice fasting, or even water fasting, a lot of these toxins will be released from the storage site, and your body will be working hard to remove them.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that can cause headaches. And that can cause vomiting and nausea and drop in energy and all kinds of symptoms, individual symptoms, which are called the detox symptoms. That is why you have to be prepared for that, and you have to know how to handle that situation. It's hmm. Very important because right. it can be debilitating for yeah. many people.
1: So, like, would, if you eat like these, uh, if you eat organ meats from animals that uh, you know have been raised on these toxins or gra- grains, then would that affect the person who is eating those organ meats like, like livers and the heart?
0: Liver is a factory that neutralizes toxins and processes them. But it's not a storage ground for toxicity. Liver doesn't store toxins. That is why eating liver is safe. Okay. Many people ask me this question. They think, well, liver is the detox organ surely it's very toxic not at all it doesn't store toxins it pushes them out and sends them to the fat tissue or to muscle or to the bone or the bone marrow or somewhere else mm. to but other so, organs or, or to your brain but yeah but,
1: but if the animal
2: so
0: is, liver is very, safe to eat. Organs are very safe to eat and they will give a hand liver is, is a powerhouse of nutrition the amount of nutrients that you get from a piece of liver is 100 times more in a better shape your body, then uh, a steak,
2: mm. muscle meat, yeah,
0: yeah, organs are much, much richer in nutrition, they're very important for human beings to eat, and in every traditional culture for thousands of years, people prized these bits, they, they've given these bits as, as a precious gift, as something precious to the most important people in their families, the most important people in their tribes, to the right, chiefs, to true. the warriors, to the couples who were trying to conceive a baby and, and to other people who were that's, important to them.
1: That's true, that's true, yeah. Like uh, organ meats are highly underrated and uh, people rarely eat them anymore and they're missing all these most abundant nutrients from them.
0: I feel like liver and onions.
1: But uh, what about things like fish? Let's say, uh, if the fish is like one of the healthiest foods on the planet but at the same time it's also one of the most toxic ones and uh, because of the o- ocean pollutions and things like that, so... Would it, would, how does the like do do these heavy metals get transitioned over from the fish into your own uh, intestines? Of course, they
0: do, absolutely. But what we have to understand there are two factors here. One factor is gut flora, healthy gut flora has an ability to bind mercury and lead and other toxic metals that might come from fish and other toxins and pollution. Mm. On their cell wall, the bacteria, themselves, we, knew, we knew this for case actually, the probiotic bacteria on their cell wall have molecules which are called chelators. It comes from a Greek word Kelly. What they do? They grab hold of mercury, they grab hold of lead and they will hold it until they take it out of your system in your stool. Mm. Because human stool is mostly bacteria, it's wow. mostly microbes, dead microbes. So, There was an interesting research done, just one little study that was done more than 15 years ago, where they've taken two groups of rats and uh, one group of rats was healthy and had a healthy gut flora. Another group of rats was treated with a group of broad spectrum antibiotics to destroy their gut flora, to Mm. really damage it. And then these two groups of rats were given uh, organic mercury in their food and drink. And then their bodies were analyzed content of mercury and what this research discovered that in rats with healthy gut flora about one percent of that mercury absorbed into the body the rest was in their feces and their stole it left their
2: body wow.
0: but in rats with the damaged gut flora more than 90 percent of mercury absorbed hmm. because the gut flora was not wow. able to chelate it and to protect you from it wow, so the gut flora the state of very very important when you're eating fish you need to consider that that's that's an important consideration wow. but uh, another consideration you have to think about we human beings have polluted everything on our planet not only the sea the mm. land is polluted the air is polluted yeah. everything's polluted yeah. even organic produce organic produce nowadays cannot be trusted mm. because for the last 10 years the big agriculture wanted a piece of that pie organic food became more and more popular so they have uh, diluted um, organic standards. They have compromised organic standards. We now have organic pesticides.
2: Mm.
0: and other chemicals which are allowed in the organic sector. Wow. On top of that, there is a lot of cheating in the organic sector, I have to say. It's a very sad fact, but it, um, it's nevertheless a fact. Wow. So the only way really to get clean, uh, properly clean food is to grow it yourself.
2: Yeah. I'm
0: yeah. Many of my parents patients uh, are now buying farms, buying allotments, buying small pieces of land where they can have chickens and they can have their own garden, mm. maybe a pig, you know, a yeah. first, maybe a goat that they can milk uh, because that's the only way to really be sure mm. that you're eating something clean. Right. Obviously, majority of people can't do that. You still have to trust the supermarkets and the organic labels and uh, of course, you pay double for that. You pay more yeah. uh, for the organic label and a lot of it is not honest.
1: That's I'm true. Right. Yeah. So we
0: have to understand that. So working on your gut flora and strengthening your immune system because the GAPS gap nutritional protocol will not only fix your gut flora, will not only heal and seal your gut wall, it will make your immune system strong and powerful and it will restore your detoxification system.
1: Wow. That's, that's, so that's your body very... It
0: will be able to cleanse itself. Then you can eat whatever you can find. You don't have to then worry so much about whether it's organic or not organic your
1: body will cope. Wow. It
0: will be
1: okay. That's that. That's a very important point, I think. Like, and it's very fascinating because, yeah, it comes to show that if you follow an inflammatory diet or if you follow a diet that doesn't promote gut health, then your you're reducing your body's overall ability to deal with the toxins around you and uh, the the other stresses of modern life as well. And uh, if you would compare like commercially viable products in a supermarket. Than these animal products, they would be actually less toxic than uh, these pesticide-laden uh, vegetables and things like that, because your body would be able to deal with them better. So that's a very interesting point as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: What well, can need to understand that this big agriculture, these great big machines, and all the chemicals, they will uh, make you believe that they feed the planet. Not mm. so. The fact is, seventy-five percent of the population of our planet is fed by small organic farms and small holdings.
2: Mm. Of
0: course, majority of these organic farms are in the in India and Africa and other um, um, countries uh, which, which are not Western countries. But even in the Western countries, we have hundreds and hundreds of organic mixed farms mm. where people do farming properly,
2: mm.
0: where the animals are reared and grown the way Mother Nature designed them to live where they are on pasture, on grass, under the sunlight. And chickens roam free, run around, they're really, truly free-ranging, mm-hmm. digging for, for worms and digging for insects and eating all the meat that they need to eat and eating all the grass that they need to eat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And where vegetables are grown properly? problem is our Western government subsidized the big industrial agriculture. They subsidize them. They subsidize the growth of wheat, sugar beet and rapeseed and other commercial crops so again flour sugar and vegetable oil the Mm. three legs on which every chronic disease stands Mm. while the organic farms are not subsidized in fact the governments are a great big enemy of organic farms they not only not help them they actually um, impair their function and interfere with them all the time with their regulations the only organic farms which survive very well are the ones which have a, a strong customer base lots of customers So, I do not recommend my patients to buy their food in supermarkets. I know it's easy. It's easy. You are not buying the best, not at all. What I recommend, go to your local farmer's market, talk to the farmers, take their phone numbers, take their addresses, drive about, visit the farms, make friends with the farmers, see how the animals are being, see how the chickens are running. These are happy chickens. They are happy cows, happy pigs, happy sheep. So, their meat is happy, yeah. and their milk is happy, and their eggs are happy. You're eating a very different quality, and buy from these farmers directly. You will find that it will be cheaper for you, actually, than buying in the supermarket overall, because the farmer, when he buys, sells directly to the customer, you're cutting out all the middlemen.
2: Mm, mm, the produce yes. is
0: not so expensive. It will be cheaper for you, and you will be supporting a good person, you'll be supporting a good farm. You'll be doing something really good in this world. Yeah. contributing to nature, contributing to proper farming, and at the same time you'll be getting proper quality food for yourself and for your family.
1: Hmm. That is a very, it's a huge, it's a wider issue rather than just, you know, it's not just uh, autism or these, uh, these, uh, these metabolic diseases, it's a, it's a larger philosophical issue as well, it involves many things and a lot of politics and uh, and beliefs. So but uh, let's let's like uh, start wrapping up this show as well we've been talking a uh, quite a long time like and uh, What are some of your own uh, favorite foods that you consume on a daily basis?
0: My favorite foods are meat, eggs, <laughs> fermented foods, soup, stew, liver, organs and pate, liver mm. pate mm. and um, other such foods. And you just make a salad, you just have a few vegetables to complement that and that will keep you well and healthy.
1: Mm, yeah, that's definitely like so, the simple, the simplest foods, but they're also like the, the most uh, nutritious ones as well. Yeah, so, the most yeah.
0: nutritious, most enjoyable and they're easy to cook. And cooking doesn't have to be difficult at mm, all.
1: Um,
0: I have to teach in my clinic thousands of women how to cook. Because in the Western world uh, women stopped cooking
2: mm.
0: and this has been gone through generations. What we have to understand that there is a difference between men and women from mm. the nature's point of view. Yes, in our politically correct environment, you know, uh, people want to be the same. But there is a difference, there is a different right. purpose for men in nature and for women in nature. For one thing a man can't be pregnant, mm. certainly not even <laughs> Hollywood thinks differently, but
2: it's <laughs> not
0: the reality. So women, women have to give birth to children and women are the ones that have to be with children and, and rear children mostly. Hmm. And in order to have children, you have to have peace and prosperity. And it is women whose role in nature is nurture and healing. The Men's role in nature is to open up new territories and new horizons and to push the progress forward Mm. to push the progress and that quite often leads to uh, war and destruction
2: Mm.
0: where women's role is to heal to bring peace to bring prosperity because in order to grow children you have to have peace and prosperity bringing up children during war is not a good idea doesn't work Mm. so it was women's role for thousands for millions of years in every family to look after the health of their family to heal the sick, to nurture children, to nurture their husband, to nurture everybody's health. How did women do that? They did it through food. Because there is nothing in this world more powerful in its effect on human health than food.
2: Mm. Food.
0: It's a simple notion, but it is an absolute truth, without doubt. new Women knew that. And women knew what you cook for a, a, an elderly person, what you cook for a baby, what you cook for a warrior who was wounded. In a battle, what you cook for a, a pregnant woman, what you cook for a couple to conceive, and women knew herbs and they knew special recipes and they knew a whole world of things. And this precious knowledge was passed through generations, from grandmother to granddaughter and from mother to daughter. And that that precious that was power, that was real power
2: hmm. that
0: women held firmly in their hands, and they would never ever give that power away to anyone. Right. to look after the health of their loved ones through food. Yeah. Unfortunately, since our food industry appeared on the planet, generations of women were hoodwinked in giving that power away to the food industry. They were deceived into that. Uh-huh. We have now generations of young ladies whose mothers and grandmothers don't know how to cook and haven't been cooking properly because they, they, they've been through that meal for long enough. Right. Women have to reclaim that power back. They have to take it back into their own hands because the health of every nation is not in the hands of the government and the medical profession. Not at all. They're not about health. They're about disease. The health of every nation is in the hands of its women. Mm. Because women in the Western world have given that power away, the result is the sick nations in the West. That is why everybody is sick.
2: Wow. The
0: only way to recover for those nations is for women to reclaim that power back. Of course, there are some men who have that nurturing nature and and are happy to do that function in the family, but they are in the minority hmm. because there is a difference between men and women. Hmm. It is primarily, primarily a woman's job.
1: Hmm. Wow, that is yeah, that's that's a whole another podcast episode we could talk about for hours, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it definitely has many uh, many aspects to it. But uh, before I ask my last question, where can people learn more about you and uh, your, your work?
0: I have only two websites. I have a, one website called gaps.me, G A P S M E. There are many GAPS websites on, on the internet, and they are run by um, my practitioners, by enthusiasts, by patients, by, by various groups. Um, I have trained more than 2,000 of uh, practitioners health practitioners around the world to be certified GAPS practitioners. Hmm. I have a a whole list of them, uh, published on GAPS.me on my website, so if you need a practitioner to work with, if you need supervision in following the GAPS nutritional protocol, that's where you need to go and they're listed by country, many, many countries have them now. And uh, I also have a blog called drnatasha.com, doctor is a full word, doctor hyphen natasha.com where I put new uh, ideas, new articles, announcements and other things and, and news on there. So I only have two websites hmm. to look up, so go hmm. there and you will get more information. They're informational websites, I put a wow. lot of information
1: hmm. Yeah, definitely people should check them out. But uh, like uh, my last question to you is uh, what would be this single advice or a habit that you wish you'd adopted earlier that improved your body and your mind?
0: I don't believe in hopeless situations. Mm -hmm. All of the chronic diseases our medical profession has pronounced to be incurable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's incurable from their point of view because they don't have a cure. Mm. They don't know what to do with them and how to treat them. But it doesn't mean that that information doesn't exist somewhere else. So don't listen to that. Keep searching, keep looking. Your body has every ability to heal programmed into it. I don't believe in hopeless situations. Majority of illnesses in this world are perfectly curable if you find the right answer for yourself. Just trust your body. And we have internet. Mm. We have now, we are so lucky. When I was young, we didn't have it. It was difficult to obtain information. Now it's at the fingertips for you, uh, every kind of information. Yes, there is a lot of information on the internet that cannot be trusted, but majority of it is pretty good, pretty good. And if you use your judgment, you will find the right
1: information. Yeah, like yeah, uh, it's it, you have to listen to your body, learn how to learn how your body works and then you know get access to the right knowledge and then apply it. So that's that's a good that's some good advice there for people to follow. Well, absolutely.
0: And thank you very much Tim, for your work because you are the people who spread the knowledge.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for coming onto the podcast as well. We I I definitely learned a lot about the mysterious thing we call the microbiome and we're definitely going to be as, as people and as humans we're going to keep learning more about it and learn more new discoveries about it so I'm definitely looking forward to your next book and uh, definitely would want to see you see you in the future as well
0: Okay thank you very much
1: Thank you That's it for this episode make sure you leave us a review on iTunes and other social media platforms and other than that subscribe click the like notification bell as well like always thanks for watching my name is Seem stay optimal stay empowered